to the Build Your Best Family podcast, where we discuss both the challenges and awesomeness of raising happy, healthy kids. We're Erin and Josh Guerreri, parents of five young kids, and we'd love for you to join us on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey guys, welcome to part two of our adoption podcast series. Um, I'm Erin Guerreri and this is Josh. Hey y'all, what's shaking? Here we go. (laughs) Alrighty, so we'll get right into it. Last time, and I should say, I have allergies and there's nothing but pollen. She's got the sniffles. (laughs) So I sound kind of crazy. But in our last podcast, we were talking about how we're currently in the matching stage of adoption. And we talked a little bit about the beginning of that process and we're super thankful for all of the great feedback we got. And we got a few questions. Um, some people obviously still think we're crazy, but that's really nothing new. So yeah. Yep. So what are we doing today? Um, yeah, I guess last time was about why we're pursuing adoption. And this episode is going to be a, um, sort of a summary of the thought process behind expanding the family. So um, hopefully it'll provide some clarity to help families considering growing their families um, the good old-fashioned way or through adoption. Yes, and we'll also get into some common questions we get um, about like having a big family and stuff like that. And, you know, not that small families are not awesome. All families are awesome. Um, It's just kind of what we do best, and we know how to talk about big families. So that's what we do. That's right, darling. Okay. What's the current update on adoption? Where okay, are we at? So in summary, we're pursuing adoption through the Georgia foster care system. So we will likely not be getting an infant. Um, we're actually approved for a sibling pair. And a lot of kids in the, the foster care system are ages like there's a ton of 10 to 15, 16 year olds. Um, ideally, I think that what we talked about with our coordinator, what would be an ideal situation would be for us to get a sibling pair ranging in the ages between like two and six. Yes. Um, so, so now it's just a waiting game. And I think we mentioned in the other podcast, right, that the difficulty for us is that we have a very, uh, we cast a very small net because of what we think we're capable of accepting into our family, both in the age range. Which well, not accepting, but our ability to handle um, high level of trauma or high level of special needs right now with five other kids is, you know, not super high. I was getting to that. Okay. That's where I was. That's where I was going with that sentence. I see. Okay. All Don't right. Let me stop you. Okay. Well, uh, now I've, now I lost my train of thought. Um, anyways, I guess I'll let to say that, um, yeah, the, the, we know that our profile is, um, uh, a little narrow, I guess. Right. Would you say that? Yes. Okay. And so what we have to do now is just wait and we can talk about this process and kind of the intricacies of the process and all of the strange things we encounter. Oh, well, actually, you know what? This week, we um, the caseworker sent us a uh, <laughs> what would be a pretty decent match, um, a six-year-old boy, but his name was Maddox. And we already have one six-year-old boy named Maddox. Um, and what's even funnier was, did we, did we mention the Isaiah Camilla? The, we did not. There was a, there was a sibling pair uh, on the site that I think was eight, 11-year-olds, um, that were Isaiah and Camilla. <laughs> and we have those ages and named children as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, not super common names, but we've so far been like potentially, 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 mm. it's the allergies, um, 
interested in an Isaiah, a Camilla, and a Maddox. So I don't know. Our case manager said he had never before encountered that situation. <laughs> so something to think about. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, I don't know. So we are waiting and it's just kind of a waiting game to see like which children become available. And, um, honestly it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. Some days I'm like, yeah, this is going to happen. And some days I'm like, this is never going to happen. So it's just a little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. And we keep thinking, um, and just kind of, uh, marinating on the fact that this again is a process where it's about the child trying to find uh, the family, not about us trying to find a child for our family. So um, that just kind of keeps pulling us back to it's not really about us. It's about if there's a child out there that needs a family and, and we fit that, then then we'll proceed with that. So, all right. Now, on to the topic of today, darling. We want to talk about the, the factors and um, issues, I guess, surrounding when you're considering growing your family. And so I thought this would be helpful. And you, you were kind of saying like families kind of need to hear maybe our thought process. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of families when they're considering whether or not to expand their family by either, you know, biologically having more children or adopting or whatever, um, you know, it's just like, well, do we want more kids? And it's, that's like a very gray area. <laughs> um, and like one partner does and one partner doesn't, or maybe more than the other or whatever. But, um, through the adoption process, it, it caused us to really kind of, um, hone in on some specific things to consider when thinking about adding to the family. I think things that you don't consider naturally, um, very often when you're considering biological expansion. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I thought these would, I don't know, maybe be helpful to talk about. So we'll run through the list and then we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, in no particular order, the impact on our marriage, the impact on our individual health, mental health, physical health, impact on our children that we have currently. Um, do we have enough love? And for adoption, like, can we love another child as much as we love our biological children? Is that possible? Um, inevitably, having less time with each kid, our family and their acceptance of um, adding on, like, I think this is more for adoption, perhaps, but, you know, if you're adopting a child with a different skin color or from a different culture, you know, what does your extended family think about that? Um, what is our role? Again, this is more adoption specific, but what is our role in the overarching um, kind of theme or questions of adoption, um, stigmas and things like that? Do we have enough money? Do we have enough space? What will we drive? <laughs> what kind of car will we drive with all these people? Um, so there's a lot there, and we will kind of pick that apart. Yeah, and I'll say um, that the least of these factors for us was sort of the logistics, the space, the the money, the car, the seats at the kitchen table. Um, and to be transparent uh, a little bit here, we currently spend just about what we make because there's just not a lot left over at the end of the day when you have five kids. Um, we have a four-bedroom house with one, uh, would you say it's dying? It's dying A for dying sure. Honda Odyssey. <laughs> um, so we've got one vehicle. Um, but I guess that we felt that this stuff will work itself out. And um, this is, you know, we'll, we'll need to expand the house. We'll need to get another vehicle. Um, all that stuff can be done. And it's sort of been the least of our concerns. Um, uh, and I think there's a, a level of fiscal responsibility we can't ignore, but uh, our faith plays a real, really large part in 
this because there's an element for both of us that we think that God will provide uh, in any situation. And um, so, yeah, I, I bet for some, I would think this is the starting point in any discussion. Like, can we afford it? What about college tuition? Um, yeah. You know, the, those things like, what about another car? Um, but for us, um, it really was the last thing we discussed. And even now there's probably a little bit of, we're not sure how that's going to go and, and what we'll drive and where they'll sit. Um, and can we really afford it? Um, but it doesn't stop us from pursuing it because uh, we, we deem that finding a child, a forever family to be more important, even if it means uh, sacrificing lifestyle a little bit. So, um, yeah, that, that was our thought process around, I guess we call it logistics, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So to dig a little bit deeper, we'll just dive right in talking about like our own mental health and where that stands. And when you, um, add another child to that, obviously there's more strain with adoption comes, you know, um, a a host of issues that can come with a child who's been in foster care. Um, so, very basically, I'm an introvert, and even now, like a big family is not my jam. I would say, like <laughs> it's a little that, late. That sounds crazy. There's no going back. Um, but I, the noise, the chaos, um, I, you know, I struggle with that. I think. I mean, yeah, I know well, I do. I would say it's not your jam. I mean, it's <laughs> certainly your jam. It's just not um, the how we operate, the loudness, the. Uh, I don't know. Just, just like the overall feel for our family doesn't, uh, isn't well suited sometimes to your personality, um, needing quiet and solitude and things like that to recharge. Um, but certainly obviously all your organization skills and all that, um, and your teaching skills and all that suits our family really well. Uh, it's just that your personality, right. Um, and so, so from a mental health perspective, yeah, um, it's just like how much, um, you know, like I feel like I've had to lower my standards a lot when it comes to like how clean the house should be or how quiet or how orderly it should be. Um, because there's five kids. And so I will say that our kids are probably have a little higher bar than maybe like a more extroverted kind of more willy nilly mom. (laughs) But, um, you ain't willy nilly. I am not willy nilly, but, um, I don't know. I think that that also, is helpful in some ways, like the order and all of that stuff. So I don't know, I guess just how much I have had to, um, kind of lower my expectations for things. And then can I do more of that and, you know, add people to the family and add more chaos and, and noise and still be sane and having your, your own recharge time and me time and all that, right? Like, uh, your, your mental health, being the top of our family really matters. And so this was a long conversation we had. Um, and to move forward, we said, yeah, mental health has improved and, and feeling good. Yeah. And I feel like this kind of all goes back to that God will provide thing. Um, in the past, I talked about this in the first episode, but in the past year or so, um, the work that God has done on me in other areas, just in patience and letting go of things. Um, it's true. Like I never would have thought that I could have done the things or thought the things that I've thought if I hadn't just kind of believed that God was going to provide that for me and let it happen. So I don't know. That's great. Long answer. It's great to hear. All right. You, your mental health is just a okay with all the kids. Yeah. I just roll with things. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I don't think this was even a question for me. I said, let's, you know, you want more kids? Let's do this. Uh, (laughs) I'm fortunate to have a flexible schedule and I'm fortunate to, uh, be able to schedule 
things in my day that recharge me from um, solitude and silence to reflection and meditation to working out. And um, yeah, so I, I, I feel good about all of this. Yes. Which um, leads us into the point of our marriage being healthy enough to add children. And obviously the more children you add to the family, the more time and energy it takes away from what you have to give to your partner. So we're a constant work in progress on that, but I feel like our flexible schedules help tremendously because, you know, the kids are gone for a good chunk of the day. We see each other a lot. We talk a lot. Um, so we're always talking about our marriage. Um, too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot. So that was, you know, a checklist item that was okay for us. Yeah. And we, uh, it's not that it just happened that way. Like we prioritize spending time together and we say no to a lot of things that would take us away from the family, whether it's uh, family dinners, you know, we eat dinner together every night. Uh, there's a lot of those things that are decisions you make along the way that lead to the lifestyle you have today. And so, um, in some ways I think we've been really lucky and things have worked out certain ways, but in a lot of ways there's, uh, opportunities that we've had because, we've planned for it and we've wanted sort of, sort of the life to be this flexible, right? Yes. So yeah, marriage, we said we, we feel pretty solid. Yep. All right. Maybe the biggest concern, uh, impact on the kids. Yeah. So we have five biological kids and, you know, adding another kid to that, um, biologically would have, you know, we did, we did that four times already <laughs> and there's always adjustments or whatever, but when you're adding, um, a child through adoption or foster care, I think that there's other issues obviously that you have to consider. And so, um, in addition to this kid that we would get not being an infant and already coming in and kind of having a personality and, you know, us not molding that kid into like our family culture and coming with its own culture, would be a huge adjustment coming in hot, coming in hot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, safety for our biological kids, because kids that are coming from the foster care system, you don't know their whole stories. You don't know their whole backgrounds. Um, you get a file that may share that they've had some violent tendencies. Um, but you just never know. So there's that issue. Um, there's birth order, like how important is it to keep our oldest, the oldest and not adopt somebody that's older than him? Or can we take a, a youngest child who would be younger than everybody or stick somebody in the middle? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for everybody? Um, obviously personality clashes, which come with biological kids or not. Um, we are less alone time with kids with each kid. So yeah, like the, the, we spend a lot of quality time with our kids, um, you know, sort of that zero to 10 or zero to 12 age range is super important to spend as much time as possible with your kids. Cause that's when you really can mold them. And, and then after they hit teens, they spend less and time, less and less time with you probably because of their own choosing. So, um, when you adopt, we're grappling with the fact that we will spend less time inevitably with each kid. Uh, however, at the end of the day, we feel that we still have time for each child and we talk about it so much and we schedule it into our day and we're still having these conversations about um what does this kid need more than the others you know what what is and we're talking about our own kids right now do they need private time do they need their own space do they need um you know more uh, one-on-one dates with mom and dad do they you know what, right. what like one kid can be fulfilled by like riding to the grocery store 
with me and back or, you know, like walking to the mailbox, but another kid needs more intentional sit down with me for half an hour time. So just knowing those things about our kids and working them into the schedule, I guess working the schedule around that is what we do. Yeah. 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 Um, and then there, I thought there was another point I want to make about the, you know, bringing in, bringing in another child that might impact their, their own personality. Did you have something I thought? Well, I think, I don't know specifically what you were thinking of, but I think that's just, you know, any new addition is going to throw things into kind of who knows what happens, like just like a snow globe, right? I think different personalities will come out. I think, um, I think we'll see things that we can't predict. Um, but I also think that some of that will be good. You know, I think, um, you, you go into this kind of scared and it's like all these scare tactics and people are like, it's crazy. And I'm not naive to say that it wouldn't be. Um, but I also think that there's good that will come out of this and good things from our kids, um, will come out of this. And we feel equipped, I guess, bottom line, we feel equipped to handle it. And we'll talk a little bit about our kids and the conversations we've had with them. But, um, yeah, the, we, we feel like we feel good about this. Yeah. Um, so this is a question that I think Josh and I both been thinking about maybe Josh more so than me, but can we love another child that is not our biological child? Well, I mean, surely we can love them. I think for me, it's like, man, what if, I mean, can you love that child as much as your own kids? Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, it seems like a weird question to say, I don't know to now that we're in the process, but it's just, you, you, you hope and you pray that that's the attitude you're going to have. Um, and it certainly breaks our hearts when we see the kids on the lists and you almost feel love for them immediately anyways. Um, but yeah, that's something that we're aware of. And, um, I, I, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, you know, the first time that, that the adopted child, um, does something or maybe even hits or hurts one of our own kids just in sibling play or something or says something and hurts their feelings. You know, my, what is our reaction going to be, uh, to that? Yeah. And I feel like I don't, and I don't know why exactly I feel this way. Um, I don't have that much of a concern about this. I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know why, but I feel like I am equipped to love another child, um, as my own, obviously. And, and obviously the answer is yes, because there are plenty of adoptive families who love their kids. I think the question of like, what does this look like? Um, and how long does it take? And not being naive to like, there's a bonding process and this is not going to be an instant thing. Um, but I think what I told you a few months ago is that I kind of felt like, um, whatever child we get is our child. Like if God has already written this story, then this is our child. Like it was meant to be our child. So I think that's kind of how I think of it in my head. Um, but obviously, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You have a warm heart. <laughs> I, I do a, have a warm heart. I'm, I'm an ice palace over here. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel the same way. I just, I think you got to grapple with that question though. Yeah. Um, another question that's important, I think to think about is what extended family, um, might think. And this is probably more adoption focused. Um, when we're talking about adopting kids, um, who are of different races or different cultures or whatever. So. Yeah. Cause there's probably some family members that, um, I don't know. 
maybe maybe not as progressive in thinking that this would be a good idea. Uh, we've talked about it and, and we've had conversations, not with them, just between Aaron and I. My bottom line was I I actually don't care what they think. <laughs> I don't I don't if it, if it means uh, you know uh, a family member or two has uh, decides not to be close to us anymore. Uh, I think that'd be nuts. Um, but I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I have a lot of family, so I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I got room to spare. Well, I and I don't um, I don't necessarily think I care what those people think either. But I think the kids care, right? So like the kids coming into our family would be able to read and know what certain family members think or feel about them. And so I would, we, we would have to be very calculated about the kind of situations we put them in. And so does that mean like before we go to a bigger family function, like we either don't go or do we have a conversation about the things that are going to be said at that family function? Hey, you, you stay away from uncle Craig, Craig, <laughs> that dude. Yeah. you know, I, uh, those are just things that I think we have to consider. Um, I don't know, moving forward. Yeah. But again, another issue that that we whiteboarded and, and, and yeah. just sort of discussed for a while. Uh, and again, it didn't stop us. Yeah. Um, so this next one is a huge one, I think. And it's one that we have talked about before. We talk about now. I think we'll probably always talk about. Um, but it's this. And, and the reason we talk about this is because a vast majority of the kids in the foster care system are black children. And so there's a high probability that the kids that we would adopt would be black children and we are white people. Um, so there's this question of the white savior thing. Um, are we just, you know, the white people trying to go in and save these black children who have no families? And I mean, this is an ongoing conversation. So this is just kind of a piece of it. Yeah. Um, for the sake of this podcast. but Yeah. Aaron and I both taught in predominantly black schools. So um, we were sort of used to this conversation and um, trying to fight a bit of this idea that white people are here to save poor black kids. Um, so uh, like, I think, first of all, we want to examine that in our own subconsciousness, like making sure that we root out any of these hidden motives. Like, is that something deep down that we actually feel? You know, it's it's like we try to pull that out. Um, you don't admit that that's something, but you have to examine it and say, man, is there something there that uh, I'm feeling that I can't, I would never express, but it's something there. So we, we, we've talked about it and we've thought about it. Um, and then, and then if we say, okay, yeah, that's, that's not a, 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 that's not a motive of ours. Then we say, okay, well, what, what about, how do we deal with the realities of adopting a child that is not the same race? And, and so we think about having uh, a plan, right? Um, you know, if it's a black child, like how do we surround these kids with, with black people to serve as a support system? Um, you know, we, we know there's stuff that we don't know that we can never experience no matter how much we've worked in black schools or have black friends. Um, they all need people of color in their lives. And so, uh, not just in the periphery, um, like sometimes we see each other at birthday parties, but real presence, uh, there's cultural things as well. You know, maybe it's like, how to do their hair. Uh, there's, there's a million things that we don't know how to do <laughs> or how to talk about. Um, but we will lean, our, we, yeah, we have plan in place. So we will lean heavily on our black friends for this and they say they're up for it. <laughs> um, but we're also super proactive about finding resources or whatever we need. So it's safe to say that we will put it, you know, 150% effort into this, um, and not naively think 
you know, well, they're just kids and we'll just treat them like our kids and life will be fine. Um, because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes with that. And we're, I, I would say that we're aware, we are prepared, we have a plan, we feel good about we educate ourselves. We, we talk to black people about issues of race and social justice. We had, you know, you were on the racial diversity meetings you went to at the school. Um, there, are, there, there are things that we're pursuing um, because it matters to us. Um, our, our bookshelf, um, you know. The, the- <laughs> I would say it's a constant conversation, an ongoing conversation between us, um, with our kids, and like with the people in our community. Um, we are comfortable talking about race. Um, so, I, you know, it's just something that is not, um, we don't ignore or sleep under the rug or pretend doesn't exist. Um, yeah, we do a lot of work to, to I mean, th- think about the, what are the books that you have on your shelf right now? Like the, um, is it, what is that called? The hate you give? The hate you give. Why, why all the black kids sit together at the caf- cafeteria? Mm-hmm. Um, Tiny Coates book. Um, and, and this is to gain a different perspective. Cornell one, West. Yeah. yeah the- <laughs> one that we may not know um, and are willing to say um, or be enlightened about. So um, we do that. Um, and like you mentioned, we also talk to the kids quite a bit about it at family meetings. We talk about race. We had, you know, a while back that whole Kaepernick um, thing. Uh, we had a great family meeting discussion and, and sort of a Kaepernick Jersey party, um, for what we felt, uh, was right in that situation. And our, and our kids understood the issues. Um, so I guess that as much as they can, yeah, you know, they're four and <laughs> six and eight and 10. So yeah. Um, all of this goes with like kids, you know, have limited understanding of these huge issues like adoption and race and social justice and things like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't talk about those things with them on an age appropriate level. So as much as they can, they understand, and we make sure, um, that we're available as resources and that they have other people available as resources when they have questions and want to dig deeper. But I think, um, that probably kind of summarizes a little bit about like our white savior question, um, when it relates to adoption. Yeah. So what I guess the other thing is like, is this, this feels like a shallower question maybe, but I don't know. Is it cool? Like, are we just doing this to be cool? Is adoption the cool thing to do? Or hip or something. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think I probably have more of an issue with this than Aaron. Um, probably because I, I like, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of our big family and I like when people look at us on the street. And so I guess I, I want to, again, root out any ulterior motives, um, and guard against simply doing it because it's a pride thing. Like, am I just being prideful? And it sounds silly. Um, or even like, is this a competition to have the most kids or, or even prideful about serving like, Oh, we're serving cause we're adopting, you know, we just want to make sure that am I, is that something that's driving this at all? Is it, is it hip to, to, to adopt and have a bunch of kids? Um, are we doing it for the right reasons? Um, and so we keep driving back to that question of like, kids who need families are, is that still the, the, the motive behind this thing? So I don't know. It was just something that we wrote on the, the whiteboard, uh, I wrote on there. Um, so maybe, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with this because I hate when people stare at us and I hate when people are like, Oh my gosh, they're whispering behind, like, are they all yours? And I don't like that. So I know that, um, having like the most kids is not my driving factor, but it's something yeah. to consider. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess the next big thing was, what do your kids think of adopting? And this was, um, 
this is kind of a big one, so I'll try to do it quickly. But so adoption is a huge thing that obviously impacts the whole family. And we're not adopting a newborn that would kind of naturally make its way into the family. It would be like an older kid. So, you know, it's going to shake the boat um, quite a bit, I would say. So Adoption is a conversation that we've been having for a long time, and it was never like a new idea to the kids because we would constantly talk about it. We'd say, you know, random questions. What do you think about adopting? Or we would talk about a family who adopted. So the idea was never like brand new to them. Um, So I guess when we got a little bit more serious about it, um, we would just say like, what would you guys think of us adopting? And we had some hilarious conversations, um, some really insightful comments and things like that. I think um, the kids would be like, you know, one of my favorite comments was, well, we clearly need more cereal. So there's that. And more beds. That was like always the comment. We for sure need more beds. Um, So there was like the very rudimentary kind of kid level observations of what it would mean to adopt. But what did you have a funny one? Well, yeah. And then, you know, they would... (laughs) They just think of the smallest things, right? So they were they were saying we we do family contributions, um, and so they're like, Dad, you can't make the 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 new kid uh, go pick up dog poop on the first day. That would just be mean. Uh, so yeah, they're they're, they're yeah, and they get excited about you know rounding out their sports teams. Like we'd have another kid for the baseball team and things like that. So that level. Um, they seemed to get just fine, but like the deeper level of like what this actually means. Um, we have for sure had those conversations and I will say that one of our, um, the kid of ours that I thought would have the most apprehension about adopting really surprised me because he was asking a lot of questions. Um, but once one day we were talking about, you know, on Christmas morning, when we get to all wake up together and celebrate Jesus's birthday and have a good, fun, joyful day and play with each other all day. Um, like remember how much joy that brings us and, there are kids who don't have that. They wake up, they don't have a family to share it with. They don't have anything to be joyful about. Um, they don't have brothers and sisters to play with later in the day. And that kid who was, who I thought would be like, no, we don't need any more people in the family was like, um, well, we have that and we should share it. Obviously. Like it was not even a question of whether or not we should adopt. It was like, we have this and we should share it. Yeah. Uh, They've been really surprising in that uh, manner. Yeah. I think that's been, um, and obviously like they are like, we'll have to share more and, you know, they've identified some of the challenges they think they'll have, but it kind of always comes back to what we have this and other kids don't. And that's absurd. Like, why wouldn't we? Yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't we do this guys? This, um, we gotta, we can turn the futon into a bed and they can play in the playroom and I I I can share my bed. Yeah. Get creative about like room configurations and things like Like that. It's a no brainer. Uh, if we ask them sometimes. And really it's like a lovely, um, picture of a simplistic look at the decision, right? It's like, we have like way more than we could ever need and let's share it with people. Yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been lovely anyway, moving on to a shorter, easier question. What are we going to drive? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to drive. We don't know. Um, <laughs> we're really eyeing the Nissan Envy, uh, which is a, a sweet 12 seater, uh, kind of like a buzz, kind of like a delivery wagon. Um, <laughs> in our neighborhood, it is the Amazon prime delivery car. So, um, I can't get out of my head that it's a delivery vehicle. And I'm nervous. Like, I don't like driving the minivan. Um, and this thing, we live in town and like parking spots are tight. It's, I'm just it's nervous. Not, it's big. It's not like 
a bus. It's um, big. But it's pretty big. It's, and it's, um, I don't know, it looks sweet, I think. Um, the other option, which I've been uh, trying to get Aaron on board with for about six years now, is the is a limousine, <laughs> no. uh, like an older an older limo uh, with like the screen and everything. And so... Um, now, okay, the, the screen, that like the privacy screen that yeah, comes yeah, up, yeah. now that is the selling point because like that would be amazing. But everything else is... Well, the, you know, you know, they, I've done some research and you can find them for like four or five grand on Craigslist. And, <laughs> and that, that thing is, um, uh, you know, I, I, I looked into like, can you do, uh, what's it called? Car seats with them. Is it safe for the kids? Um, but yeah, I'll be the dad in, in drop off, uh, for school in the, in the limo. You'll be the dad for everything because I'm not driving the limo. Hater. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm Hater. Not, yeah. I mean the privacy screen though might, it, I don't know. I might think about Come it. Come on people. Who's with me? <laughs> Hashtag Guerrero Limo. No. Get it. Go fund. You should get yeah. like a Kickstarter. Go fund me or yeah. something. All right. Um, I think that's it. I'm not sure that we're going to um, do another adoption themed podcast unless we hear like, you know, tons of questions. But I think the legions this, of fans out yes, there, darling. I love you. Um, but I think that this is a good summary and a good kind of uh, picture of where we are and how we got here. And we'll keep you posted. Yeah. Hope it helps uh, if you're considering expanding your own family. Yeah. All righty. All right. Thanks. Bye.